0: Today we're going to look once again at fear and how love is bigger than fear, whatever your fears might be. So as we begin today, just kind of hold in your mind what comes to your mind when I say, what are you afraid of? Everyone's afraid of something. Some people have great even debilitating fears. Others have things that are kind of annoying and disruptive, but they're there. What fears do we have? So what we're going to hopefully look at today and, and be able to express today from Scripture is that God's love is greater than whatever your fear is. Too often when we hear the word or the phrase, God is love, we think of it in far too simple terms. Oh yeah, love God, I know, I know. I sing songs of God, I pray, great, love God. And, and maybe you don't think it that crassly, but it's almost like, yeah, I know God's loved me, but I, God loves me, but I need something else. I need something more, something different, something deeper. And if that's your narrow definition of love, then you need to return to the love of God and see how big it is and to experience that love in in its depth. So what we began with last week was looking at, we touched on these first three passages from Mark 12 when Jesus was asked the, the passage, excuse me, the question, what is the greatest command? His answer was to love God with heart mind, soul, and strength, so that is the importance of love it is, and, and to love our, your neighbor as you love yourself. the characteristics of love from first Corinthians thirteen and that very familiar passage about how how love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious, not rude, not boastful. what love is and what love is not that is the, those characteristics that we we need to come back to and apply again and again, and then the enemy of love in first John chapter four, there is no fear in love that's a pretty challenging verse when you think about it because i just asked you a question about fear and i most of you i'm sure had something that came to your mind it may not being big and deep and dark but it's still a fear so when we are if we are living in fear that is an indication that there's a place in our hearts that needs to Acknowledge, accept, to live in the love of God. Because there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Don't let that word perfect intimidate you. It's more like mature love, um, complete love, the fulfillment of love. It's something that, that the, you learn and keep learning. Go deeper in. That's what, that's what perfect love is all about, to, to, to drive away those fears by trusting in the one who loves you. And then the vastness of love is the passage we're still on today from Romans chapter 8. And last week we looked at how in the 35th verse, when um, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And it goes on with this list of trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword. Those are primarily things that people can do to you or have done to you. We, we have understandable and in some ways appropriate fears of what happens to us at the hands of others. And so all of those kind of fit into that category. So what Paul is writing about here is that can those actions against you, those, those words against you, those limitations placed upon you by others. Can any of those separate you from God, separate you from the love of God? And his answer is a resounding no. And yet, sometimes we find ourselves trapped in these fears, trapped in these situations where it, it is hard and it, it's, it's, it can be debilitating when fear grabs hold of our lives for these and other reasons. So, Paul continues then to take it even deeper, even higher. Again, these are the things that afraid of what people do to us. Now today it is in the 38th and 39th verse, for I am convinced that neither, and he goes through a list we're going to look at here, these are even larger than what can happen with people. These are big and huge and vast and mysterious and overwhelming and intimidating realities that we can't even fully explain or understand. And that can frighten us too, but here's the good news. God's love is there as well. So the first one is death nor life. Neither death nor life can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no experience in life or in facing death where God's love is not present. Now let me say that carefully. Terrible things happen to people where you didn't feel loved by that person, where you didn't feel love in that moment. People have what God has given to all humanity is a free will. And the reality is that people choose evil people choose harm people choose awful things and god in his love has not god doesn't jump in and just stop someone against their will from doing something they have to choose that will and that's what prayer does what prayer does it it helps that person to see a better path they still have to choose it but god's will doesn't override their will, and when that will is chosen against love and um, is the complete opposite of love in acts of hate and evil, then that hurts. Of course it hurts. And yet, God's love is still there with you in it. None of us expects to have a perfect worry-free life. We understand that. We get that. God never promised that. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So what that means is that I am with you in the trouble. And isn't that what we need the most? To know that when I'm going through the difficulty of life, to know that when I am facing death or the fear of death, that God is there with me in it. It is not good for us to be alone. He said that to Adam way back in the Garden of Eden. And that wasn't true just about providing him Eve to be with him. It was also the the reality that living by ourselves, the the thought of being completely alone is, is terrifying. And this is the message of the gospel, that you are not alone that God is indeed always with you and nothing of life, as good or bad as it might be or has been, or nothing about death or the fear of death coming to others that you love and care about, none of that separates us from God's love. And he goes on, he talks about angels and demons or just mentions them. There is no spiritual power that can overcome the love of God. I won't pretend that in a couple of minutes I'm going to go into any in-depth study about angels or demons. I can just tell you this, that they are all under the authority of God. There is not one spiritual power there that is going to overcome you. An angel cannot overcome or separate you from God's love. A demon cannot separate you from God. A demon cannot stop you from being loved by God. And and, and whatever demonic power is or isn't, it is not stronger than the love of God. This is the promise right here, Romans chapter 8. Neither angels nor demons will be able to separate you from the love of Christ, any spiritual power. Throughout human history, there has always been, in most of human history, the majority of people believed in many gods. And up until the last several centuries, as as Christianity has has grown, but also Islam, which also believes in one God. Now, granted, not in the same way that we do, but it's still one God. So really, in terms of religions of the world right now, the majority of religions believe in one God. And that wasn't true until, you know, a, a few centuries ago. And to this day, there's many cultures that still kind of embrace that. And, because what, why do people do that? Why has humanity done that? Because we we want to live our lives and there 's things that we can 't understand and can 't control and are afraid of, so we attach a God to it or if i if I want life to go my way, then I will attach a God to that, or ask a God to for example, if i 'm a farmer and there isn 't rain, well I know those seeds in the ground aren't going to do any good if they're not watered, so I have to hope somehow that rain's going to come and it's not happening, so let's make a god of the rain and pray to the god of the rain. We had too much rain. Let's make a god of the sun. We, I want to fall in love with someone. Let's make a god that you know, over, you know, rules romantic relationships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's no end to the list of gods that have been created. And then somewhere along the line... A guy named Abraham and the people that came after him had this crazy idea that, you know what? There's only one God. And the world has slowly been accepting of that, at least in principle. Now, do they actually seek out that one God and pattern their lives and live after that one God, especially when that one God sent his one and only son to us to die on the cross and rise again for us in faith that we believe in him so that we now have, we can now be in relationship with the one God through him. Now, not everyone is there, but there's less and less people that just have all these ideas of many gods because there is no spiritual power, angels, demons, or other gods that are going to all of a sudden one day overcome, overtake The God that's revealed in this book we call the Bible. The present nor the future. The love of God is always now. And will never go away. God's love is always on time. Time. This might be one of the biggest fears, isn't it? When you think about, if you've had experiences in your past that have, really traumatic awful stuff that happens to people that can, can really grip you it can even define you and even if you realize that you don't want it to but you can't just get rid of it it's not that easy and we recognize that there's painful things that happen to people but when we're trapped in the past we're not aware as aware of the God who is now or it can be tomorrow, next week, next year. What's going to happen in the world? I'm afraid of the future. I'm afraid of... The changes that come in my life, young people often think this. They like the idea of their home with their family, their mom and their dad, whoever their family is, and they feel secure in that. And then they're going to become an adult and go out into that world and make my own decisions and do things on my own. Or how am I going to do that? That's terrifying to people. So we can be afraid for those and many other reasons of what's happened in the past that still kind of echoes or what might happen in the future. And we're afraid of that. We can also be afraid of right now. There's a war in, in Europe. What does that mean? What's going on? And we've all dealt with this ugly pandemic for two years. Afraid of now, afraid of today. So whichever it might be for you, if if, if the past, the present, the future have created fears in you or... or for whatever reason, then come back to the love of God and recognize that this promise, again from Romans 8, is that neither the present nor the future can separate you from His love. He is with you now, He is with you always. One of the other fears that people grapple with is the fear that they are not worthy of love. The fear that, that, yeah, that gospel thing from Jesus, that's good for everybody else, but everybody else doesn't know how bad I've been. I know how bad I've been, and God can't possibly love that. And yet, here we have this promise. There is, there is nothing that, that has happened to you, even of your own doing, even of your own choice, that can separate you from the love of God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that that no matter what you've done, God still loves you? You can't even write a note to heaven or send a text message to heaven and say, God, this love thing, knock it off. I don't want it anymore. You know what God will do with that? Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I still love you. But you you don't understand, God, I, I decided to hate you. I still love you. I decided to not even believe that you exist. I still love you. It doesn't matter what excuse we come up with. We concoct in our minds the love of God is not separated from us. Even if we don't want it or believe it, He's still there. Present, future, or any powers. I I made a list here, you could probably make it twice this long, of, of powers, things that are... They're, they're, they're kind of something in the air, uh, a, a, a spiritual power, not in the sense of something demonic, but something, something that is, is, is collective. For example, when you, when you walk into a group of people, do you find yourself acting differently according to that group? It might not necessarily be a bad thing. It's just you sort of adapt the, the culture, the vernacular of the, of the people that you're with while you're with them. No one made a decision that said, this is the way everyone's going to talk. It is a, it is a collective force among the people, okay? So, so um, government, institutions, oppressive forces, political parties, cultural norms, bad religion, hate, gravity, mystery, time, space, emptiness, anxiety, loneliness are all powers. Now, we can't do much about gravity. Well, if we leave this planet, we can, in part, but there's gravity all over the universe, we're learning, Um, and it's one of the most powerful forces in the universe. So gravity affects time, so it goes back to the the, um, present and the future thing that we just talked about, but the powers that we deal with, the powers that we can identify, the powers that we can't quite understand, but we know that they're there, The power that I find myself resisting but struggling against? Any power. Now, he already mentioned angels and demons, so they're not going to knock God's love out of you. Any other power going on that can do that? Any governing, governing agency that can do that? Any political affiliation that can do that? No. Nothing separates us from His love. And then we go really big. Mention this with the kids here. Here's these big numbers, okay? Now, th- now this is what astronomers have have um, theorized in terms of numbers. So it's it's impossible to say if they're exactly right or not. It, it, these are really smart people to do this. So I have no reason to deny it, but let's just say it's really, really big. If it isn't exactly these numbers, it's still really big, okay? The universe, 93. Billion light years across. So, if you were able to travel at the speed of light non stop, it would only take you 93 billion years to get from one side to the other. Whoa, that's big. It is two, there are two trillion galaxies in the universe estimated. We are in the Milky Way galaxy and we can't even travel to the nearest star, one of the many other stars in our own galaxy, and there's two trillion galaxies in the universe? Whew, wow. And here's the number I, I was telling the kids about. It's uh, 200 sextillion, that's, that's two and 23 zeros, stars in the universe. And God is present everywhere, all the time, the same way he is on earth because it's all part of his creation. So this stuff can be really intimidating because we can't wrap our minds around it. It can be frightening even to think about it. But what helps me is I recognize, wait a minute, the God that I love, the God who made me, the God who made us, the God who made this planet, the same one who made all of that and he's promised to be with us no matter what. So Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not even the other end of the universe. And not even not even the depths that we find ourselves in inside. And those are more scary, aren't they? The depth of your pain and your hurt. The, the depth of the the fear that that has caused you the, the 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 height and the depth of of mystery that that you're you're afraid to to move forward because you don't know what to do or or how to be or what to become or what's going to happen all of the reasons that we have to fear height and depth whether it is Space, whether it is time, whether it is loneliness, whether it is is pain from the wounds of life, no matter how deep it is, even hell itself does not separate us from the love of God. Jesus did what? He descended into Hades. He went all the way into death and came out the other side and said, you don't have to go there because... I took care of that, now just believe in me. You don't have to be afraid of that because I conquered that too. My love conquered that too. All you have to do is, is trust and believe that the God who made the endless universe endlessly loves you. That's the power and the depth of God's love in, in, in my Humble and simple way of describing it in these few minutes here this morning. In anything else in all creation, in case you missed something. In anything else in all creation, no matter what we might find, discover, encounter, all of this massive creation will never find an absence to God's love. You can't think of something in your mind that God hasn't thought of before. Okay, you're not going to create something. Well, the Bible has a lot of good answers and we're glad for it and it reveals a lot of, a lot of truth and helps us understand God and ourselves and, and, and the church and all these really good things. But you know what? They never thought of this and this, this dark, deep thought comes. And you know what? God's been there too. Mm. Anything in all creation. No absence of His love. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we began, I asked you to think of the fear that you have or a fear that you have. Can that fear separate you from God's love? Only if you give it the power to, only if you let it, only if you, you know, decide that that fear is more important than the love of God or that fear is more powerful than the love of God. And I'm not saying it's easy to get out of those things, but the, the, the way through is always to, to start. The way through is always like the prodigal son in the pig slop. And we always think of that in the sense of he's a sinful man and he's lost in his sin. Well, well that's true, but sometimes it, it's just, we're just lost in our stuff. And it, it, it may not even be sin except that it's not, it's not acknowledging God are not acknowledging or believing that God is able to love you there and to guide you through it or is with you all the doubts and fears that we have. So whatever yours is, take that before the cross. Take that to the one who died and rose again to conquer all fear, including yours. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the love that you've given to us And one word can't even contain what it means, and yet we know at a very basic and important level that that means that we matter. We matter to You. And You are present always in all of our circumstances. Even when we walk away or reject You, You keep loving us. Help us to learn how to live in that kind of love and then to give that kind of love to others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and um, we're going to share in a, in a closing song. And again, if you're able to, to stay for lunch today, you are most welcome. I also want to say, if anyone needs prayer after the service, um, just that's what these chairs are for. Just come on up and, and someone will join you and pray with you. Um, If if you want to talk, or you just someone to pray with you and sit with you, that's always welcome, and and so that's what this is for.